going to be focusing, as you said, as we said, it's, it's a, a quick seminar, really basic foundation stuff in terms of, or teaching, in terms of, um, of what the Word of God says about marriage and dating. Um, so we, we, will, we won't have all the time that we would love. Really, it's just going to be really, really quick and get straight to it uh, and develop what the fundamental or the most important, the core uh, or the center of what marriage and, uh, is all about. That's essentially what we want to kind of get to today. And then once you begin to establish those things, you begin to see that everything else kind of falls into its place. And to start with, uh, I, I see you guys have your, your little, what are these called, little schedule, that's what I was looking for, thank you brother, the little schedule there that my lovely wife made, um, and, and that's, I just want to say that uh, it's slightly changed a little bit in terms of my talks, uh, the first one in particular, what I want to establish first is consider who God is, that's what I want to come and, and begin this seminar with, it's, it's who is the God that we worship, establish that, because once we establish as to who God is um, and, and see how He functions and see how He sees Himself or what is most important to Him, you're going to begin to see that everything else kind of flows from that, including marriage, including dating, including pretty much any subject that you can bring up. It starts off with that. So if we can get that right understanding as to, to who our God is and the way He perceives Himself and the way He, he acts and the, why, the, the, the reasons why He acts in such a way, why He expresses His love to us, why is it that He saves us, we can then begin to see how that kind of plays a massive role in marriage and in dating. And if you can see, we're starting off with God and then we're going to move on to marriage and the establishment of marriage and how God has put in place this beautiful thing that He has given us, this beautiful thing, and how that relates to Christ and how that relates to God. And then we're going to get into dating. And so if you see that, it seems like almost like a backwards order. It's purposely done that way because we think if the, the mentality is that if you can, the thought is that if we can grasp who God is and how that is applied in, in, in marriage, then when you're in that stage, because I think most of us might be more ready for the dating stage than, than marriage. I think there's a few of us who are already married. Praise God for that. But like, if you begin to see what the purpose of marriage is, then dating becomes about, okay, now I know exactly what I have to look for. Now I know what the purpose is. Now I know the reason why marriage exists. And so then, therefore, these are the qualities that I need to consider in, in, in pursuing uh, someone. And by the way, guys, this is for, come here, guys. Uh, this is for the guys in particular, because scripture is very evident on the role of man, that, uh, that it's the guy that pursues the woman, all right, it's, it's, the, it's on the guys. Uh, that's part of his responsibility. And we'll, we'll get to see that as to why that might be. Um, so let's just get straight to it. Let's open up our Bibles and let's get to uh, Genesis. We're just going to be reading one verse. One verse uh, in verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1. As I said, we, if we're going to start to consider... Relationships, we're going to start with the very first one, and that's, that's with God. So verse 27, the Word of God says this, So God 
created man in his own image. In his image, God, uh, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I just want to invite you guys to pray with me before we get to it. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we want to thank you, Father, for this wonderful opportunity that you've given us, Lord, to, to consider, Lord, this very precious gift that you give us in terms of marriage and, and dating and, and all those things that entail um, this pursuit, Father God, this endeavor. Uh, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would bless this seminar, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would be blessing, Lord God, all the youth who are here, Father God. Um, Lord, we just trust that you would speak your truth, Father God. And we ask, Lord, that you would use me, Father God, to deliver your message, Father God. And that we would walk out from this place considering marriage or viewing marriage in a, in, in a more biblical perspective, Father God, that maybe we, we didn't have one before. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would use me, Father, for your glory and namesake, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be glorified, Lord God. That we would walk out from this seminar, Lord God, filled with more of who you are, understanding the purpose of, of marriage and dating, understanding that everything that we have, it has a purpose, it serves a function, Lord God. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord God, that these truths, Father God, you would cement uh, cement them or ground them in our hearts, Lord God. Um, Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you would bless this uh, first seminar, Lord God, and let it be uh, the first of many, Lord God. Father, I thank you so much. We praise you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so when you look at this verse, the very first thing that we look at or the very first thing that we see is that this verse is just saturated with God. It is just God. All you see is God, God, God. Uh, that verse here is, is just covered with just, it's, it's the same thing essentially being repeated three times over. Like look with me uh, to that verse one more time. Just see this in there. Like the amount of times that we see this, it says the first thing you see is God created in his image. First statement. Second thing is in his image, he created. And the third thing is that he created. Like, it's so simple, but I feel like as though God is just like making sure that we understand that this is about God, that everything that flows from creation onwards, it, it is all for his glory. It is for his purpose. It is for his will. Now, a lot of the times when we come and think upon our lives and, 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 you know, just doing life in general, we always tend to think or focus on ourselves and, and have everything else fun, kind of flow out from that and, and consider that it is all about us. But it, it's, it's not. It's all about God. Like the, the fact that you are here is because God has allowed you to be here. You need to understand that God has a purpose in everything that we do, everything that we have. Like the fact that you are here means that God wants you to be here and it is for his glory. This is something that we see all throughout of scripture that this is what we, we see that everything serves a purpose and that purpose is God-centered. You know, um, before we even existed, before we even have a, had a thought, God had already God already knew you. Like that's something that is so wonderful to even think upon, like that, that God had already had you in his mind already, even before you existed. So everything already is prior. You just see that it's all about God. It's about God 
God and God. And it must be clear to our minds that God is the creator. And in his holiness and love, he created man and women with the imprinted image of himself. That's what he, he did when he created us. When he created humanity, he created us and imprinted his image uh, onto us. And so before we move on, we, we've got to consider what that image means. What, what does that, that mean for us? You know, though now it's been kind of corrupted with sin and it's been tainted and from its original state, you know, but by the grace of God and, and through Jesus Christ that has been reestablished. But what's this, this image of God that, that is mentioned here, you know, in particularly what, what is it that we carry in? And what I want to present to you, I guess, today is really that the nature of God, the, the characteristic, one of the, the main characteristics of who our God is that is imprinted into us. And that relates to us. Uh, and we're going to see how this image, you know, these characteristics of, of our God um, that, that we bear, that we resemble his image, that it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose even in our marriages, even when we're dating. It serves a, a purpose. And that we're going to see that it just is purely to reflect God. That's essentially what we're here to do, that our whole purpose is to do that, just to reflect who God is to the world. But for now, let's think upon uh, this misconception that has become really vogue and popular in our day and age, and, and even, like I said, in modern-day Christianity, that the sole purpose of God's existence is to bring joy to you. Like, there's this misconception that you constantly hear uh, being preached and taught is that, like, God is just here to serve you, bow down to you because you are so wonderful. That like God's will for you is just to be happy and just to have the greatest time. And, and like, it, it becomes very almost like God is just solely just, like, about you. His, he, he, his whole mentality surrounds you. In one sense, yes, it does. But in a more real sense, it, it, at, the, at the very core of who God is, it, it, God is more about someone else than you. And I, I'm here to tell you that the, the center of the universe isn't you. God isn't just going to be focusing on you. The, the number one thing that God is most concerned with is himself. It's him. I, I know that this is something that really doesn't make a lot of people happy when you hear about that, you know, and, and you, you begin to hear cases and, uh, from Scripture, you know, that God's will is for everyone, you know, to, to be saved. And, and, but that's not what we see in Scripture, that everything serves a purpose and it is for His glory. The truth of the matter is that God's joy is not bound uh, to whether or not we are happy. It's not like what we do is going to upset him in any way whatsoever. God is God. Like God existed before you. Do you realize that God was happy even before you were created? Like you, before Bolt existed, God existed and he was fine. Like he had a relationship with, with the spirit and, and his son and it was filling, it was satisfying. It wasn't like it was incomplete and it was like, I'm missing something. Uh, sometimes we come to that, that mentality where we think that, you know, like God needed us. 
God, God needed to, to, for me to be there. The truth is, no, you, you know what? The fact that you are here is just purely to show you that he is a loving God and a merciful God. That he, that's his nature. You know, I, I want to break that, that, that mentality that that is the way we view God in the sense that where God is just reduced to this almost genie-like God, where he's just like, he's just for you. You know, God, God wants to bless you. He wants to give you everything. That's not true. That's, that's not true. You know, we, we, it, people go as far as to say, you know, God's going to be heartbroken if you don't, you know, like in, in evangelistic messages, if you don't accept God, you're going to break God's heart. The truth of the matter is, if you reject Jesus, God is going to get glory even by sending you to hell. You need to realize that. That God is going to get glory from that. Because His joy is not dependent upon me. Like it's not based upon me. It's not, not based upon humanity. It is based upon Himself. And I know this is a weird place to start because when you think upon this, all we want to do is really want to come here and listen about how great we are. That's all we, we really want. When we come and, I mean, we just naturally like this when we think upon when, when we, you know, maybe we're talking about someone, we, we're trying to give people advice and, and we're listening to them, we're being very attentive and really all we want to do is just wait for them to stop so that we can say what we want to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how we are. But the truth is that, that this is for God and God only. So what is God's main purpose? Simply put, Again, just to bring glory to himself, bring glory to his name. That's what brings him joy. And he does that by allowing us to do the same. And don't you as Christians feel that joy when you get to serve God and give glory to God? That's because you are functioning in the purpose that he's created you for. When you start venturing off and trying to gratify yourself, eventually what happens is that you fall into sin and, and things lead into to worse things and, and you just fall into this pattern of selfishness and, and you all hurt yourself and, and you hurt other people. But when you begin to function in the purpose that God had created you for, you're liberated. That you are here to bring glory to God. To understand this. The fact that God has given us this gift of marriage and, and being togetherness, we have to understand, we have to realize that we, that what God does, He does everything for a reason. In the same way that rational beings like you and I, I hope you're all rational beings, we, we do things for a purpose, we do things for a reason. So to be a rational being we have to have a reason for what we do, right? Does that make sense? I think that's really, really simple. There has to be a reason why we do what we do. Like, I'll give you a, an, an example. Let's say outside, I know it's very unrealistic, this example right now with the heat that we've been having, but for whatever reason, let's just say it's raining outside. Buckets, heavy. And there's this guy outside standing out in the rain and you, you go up to him and you're just like, Dude, why are you out in the rain? Like, it's, it's raining, man. And he turns around and says to you, I don't know. You can gather. Well, first of all, you get freaked out, I would imagine. Like, why is this guy just standing there? Um, but you, you would gather that this guy is not a rational being, 
right? He, there's something not right with him. Who wants to? But if he were to say to you, hey, I, I like standing out in the rain. It might not be the best reason, but at least he has a reason why he's doing it. It serves a purpose. There's a reason why he's there. Maybe it's, I'm waiting for my girlfriend. She's going to come. You're like, all right, cool. Do you want to go another shelter then? Like, it's probably be a better way. But as long as there's a reason, he's a rational being. Really easy, right? Really easy to grasp. Now, when we're dealing with rationality and being a rational being, God is a rational God. And he's a higher rational being in the sense that he will only pursue the highest rational reason or purpose to do something. Why do you think God saves? Why do you think God loves? Why do you think God does all those wonderful things? What might be the most, the best, the greatest the most honorable reason as to why God would do anything. Do you think, honestly, that God would do something because of, of me? Because of you? Do you think that what God does, it is purely just for you? Are you the highest possible reason why God would do something? The answer to that is, is no. The highest possible reason why God will do anything is for himself. It's for his glory. Because to say that God will do something for us, it places us as the ultimate reason why, we would, why he would do anything. It places us above God. And that's not the truth. I need you guys as, as, as youth to come to grips with that first. That everything that God does, He does it for His own glory. It is for His purpose. And that's how He loves us. It is by doing this, by doing things for His own glory. If you will consider, uh, and I've shared this with you, some of you guys in our soul group, if you consider the amount of times that, that God would say to, to the nation of Israel that I'm saving you, not for your namesake, not for your glory, but for my namesake, for my glory. If you would account the amount of times that God says that, you would be astonished because it really is about God and not about Israel. Like when you think upon that, like why did God choose Israel? Like God says, look, it wasn't like you were the greatest nation. You weren't even the largest. I did it solely for my purpose, my glory, my will. It is for my glory. Again, God is a rational being. And the, the reason why he does things, it has to be for the highest reason. And the highest reason as to why God does something is himself. I think that's, we, we can grasp that, yeah? God is a rational God. And He does everything for His own glory. But at this moment, you're like, well, how does this relate to us? How does this relate to marriage? Well, we also know that God not only is a rational God, but He's also uh, uh, the God of love. That's probably the, the way that we know Him the most. And it's always, unfortunately... Our recording stopped after this, but um, essentially what we went on after 
to explain was reflect upon the way God loves us um, in the way that when we consider showing someone our love, the best we do or the best way we do this is by giving the best gift that we can give. And in terms of relating this to God and the way He chooses to love us, the greatest gift that He could give us is Himself. And we looked at the analogy of, of um, reflecting upon like if someone were in, in, in need of a heart transplant and someone were to give you that, that gift itself is far more precious than anything materialistic, be it money or cars or whatever. Um, we see that the value of that gift is far more greater because what is given is essentially one's life so that you can live. And so when we reflect upon the love of God uh, for us, we see that the love that He gives us, the, the way He chooses to express His love for us is by giving Himself completely to us. And the way He does that is through His Son at at the cross and this now becomes that model by which all our relationships find um, find its its pattern um, that we have to live by it becomes the standard the example that we must follow as Christians and we we were saying that that is essentially what we do in marriage that is ultimately the goal is to reflect that love uh, for our spouse, for our partner in, 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 in life, to reflect God's love. The way that God has loved us uh, is the way that we have to reflect that onto to our, our wife or our husband. All right? So that is the basic foundation. And so from that main principle, we, we develop the next session's uh, talk. But before we moved on from that, uh, we also reflected on one more quality or characteristic of God, and that was His holiness. And in reference to uh, God's holiness, we meditated upon the fact that what the word holiness means uh, is that God is completely, God is completely different to anything else. He's so utterly different that he cannot be compared with anything that we can think of. Even the holiest of things um, can't be compared with God's nature, God's holiness. You know, the, the scriptures tell us that he is holy, holy, holy. Um, and so he's, he's essentially set apart. And that's what it means to be holy, to be uh, separated or divided. And, and, and it essentially, it means to cut away. It essentially, it means to be set apart. Um, and so when we were reflecting upon the holiness of God and how God is the ultimate, God is the supreme being and how that relates to us when we are considered to be holy, we reflected on the beatitude where, where Jesus says, blessed are those who are pure in heart for they shall see God. And the word therefore pure doesn't mean just clean or, or maybe sinless. What it means is to not be mixed in, in its original Greek. It means to not have mixed loyalties when referring to God. So essentially, it's recognizing uh, that God is this, that He is holy, that He is completely and utterly, utterly 
supreme above everything else. He is the ultimate. There is nothing more, nothing beyond. You can't have God and something else. So God first and then you know something second. It's like God is the whole list. You know, his God first, second, third, fourth, fifth. So there's no mixed loyalties. You serve God and that's it. And so the conclusive thought that we kind of draw from that is in terms of dating, is how can we who claim to be Christians and hold God to be holy, how can we then come to the conclusion or convince ourselves that it is okay to date someone who doesn't hold God in that same respect? So these are the qualities that we saw in terms of God's characteristics. We saw God's rationality, um, how he he does things for a purpose. It's for his glory. We saw uh, or reflected upon God's love and the way he expresses that love is by giving us the ultimate gift. And that ultimate gift is himself, that that becomes the model for all our relationships to be this selfless giving um, love that we must imitate in all our walk. And then lastly, we reflected upon the holiness of God and how God is set apart. He's revered. Um, he is the supreme being that is worthy of our allegiance, our complete and utter loyalty to him. And so we conclude that to date someone who does not regard God in such a light um, is really a, a um, backstabbing act, a, a rebellious act, almost a, not only disobedient, but disloyal and disrespectful to God. Um, and it's hypocrisy, because if you say that God is your ultimate and yet you are willing to compromise His holiness, then it exposes that lie. That God is not your ultimate and really you, be, you are viewing God only as a means uh, to an end. That God is there to give you what you want and that's it. But God is not there just to give you what you want. God is there because He is God um, and everything must flow from that. Uh, those are the last two points that we got to reflect in this last session. Unfortunately, it wasn't recorded. The recording session ended for whatever reason, but... Um, those were the last two points that we, we considered. Um, God bless and we pray that you were blessed by this.